I appreciate this privilege to uh, bring to you a few thoughts to finish out um, a season. And it does have to do with children, astonishingly. And this past weekend, a week ago, we had 14 girls and two adults from Glad Tidings uh, join 160 girls and women at um, our annual STARS retreat. And we do this every year. And I remember the first one that we went to 20 years ago. And if it wasn't for Kathy Loud, we would have never survived. And Biff, by the way, because I'm pretty sure we used Biff's camping equipment because I had none. And it wouldn't have mattered if I had had any because I wouldn't have known how to use it. And so thank you to you both 20 years later for that. <laughs> and um, eventually we got to the place where we needed no camping equipment, but that's a different story. Two weeks from now, the Royal Rangers will be doing the same thing at Ranger Fest, except they do camp and tent and know how to use those things. And I'll leave that to them. But they are, there are amazing men and women in this church who give of their time and ability um, now and for generations that will continue the American church and overseas missions far into the 21st century. And that is really what you are doing. That is what many of you have done. So many of you in this room have given of yourselves over the years in different portions of children's ministry. And some of you for years, I saw Esther standing up here before thinking just how long Esther has worked in kids' ministry since college. I have her name on toddler room books and schedules from long ago and the faithfulness of many of you. In today's world, children have a high priority, but in Jesus' time, they were more often pushed to the side, seen and not heard. They weren't counted in, in the people that Moses led out of the wilderness. They weren't counted in the 5,000 that were fed. They were just seen and not heard. But Jesus cared about the people in general that no one else cared about. He cared about the sick. He cared about the Gentiles and the foreigners. He cared about the women, and he cared about the children. And I'm going to read some familiar verses to you, and I'm going to read them four different translations, so I'm just going to read them one after the other, but this is from Luke 18. Very familiar verses, 15 through 17, give or take. And Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And that's the NIV. In the Living Translation, it says, Jesus called the children over to him and said to the disciples, Let the little children come to me. Never send them away. For the kingdom of God belongs to men who have hearts as trusting as these little children. And anyone who doesn't have their kind of faith will never get within the kingdom's gates. In the English Standard Version, it says, But Jesus called to him, saying, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And in the message version it says, People brought babies to Jesus hoping he might touch them. When the disciples saw it, they shooed them off. And Jesus called them back. Let these children alone. Don't get between them and me. These children are the kingdom's pride and joy. Mark this, unless you accept God's kingdom and the simplicity of a child, you'll never get in. Can you imagine how confused the disciples were? They were the inner circle. 
They were the important guys. And Jesus chastised them in front of everyone and had the kids come to him instead. And it's a verse that everybody's heard, everybody knows, everybody can paraphrase, give or take. But I'd never really thought about what exactly is it about the children that will exemplify the kingdom of heaven. What was Jesus trying to say to them? And I wanted to just really quickly look at two children who lived almost a thousand years apart, other than the fact that they were both Jewish and the Bible names neither of them. There's nothing much similar about them. In 2 Kings chapter 5, there's a very familiar story. It happened about 750 years or so before Jesus was born in the country of what we now know as Syria. This little girl had been ripped away from her family. Bible doesn't name her. Bible doesn't tell if her parents were killed. Parents it doesn't say a word. She had been taken by a raiding party that had gone into Israel, and she was with her family no longer. She might have watched her parents been killed. She might have just been kidnapped. She might not have any idea what the language is. She would have every reason to be angry and to be vengeful. And then she was taken from her home and just dropped into the house of Naaman, who was the commander of the Syrian army. He was the number two guy in the country. And she became a slave girl for Naaman's wife. And it says, Naaman was general of the army under the king of Aram. He was important to his master, who held him in the highest esteem, because it was by him that God had given victory to Aram. A truly great man, but afflicted with a grievous skin disease. It so happened that Aram, on one of its raiding expeditions against Israel, captured a young girl who became a maid to Naaman's wife. One day she said to her mistress, Oh, if only my master could meet the prophet of Samaria, that was Elisha, he would be healed of his skin disease. And Naaman went straight to his master and reported what the girl from Israel had said. This big, strong guy, number two in the country, was dying of a disgusting case of leprosy. He wasn't just dying, pieces of him were dying as he was dying. And that little girl who had lost everything she had could have sat back and said, good, he deserves it. He took me away from my family. And she did not say that at all. She was anonymous. The Bible doesn't name her. She had every reason to hate Naaman. But instead, she exemplified what Jesus talked about as what adults would need to do for the kingdom of God, to get into the kingdom of God. Forgiveness and love and compassion. That is all you see come from that scripture. One small act of hers had huge repercussions. The second most powerful man in an aggressive, victorious kingdom at the time turned to the God of Abraham as his God. Somehow her word to his wife, to his ears, to the king, changed all of that because as the kingdom of heaven will be, she had forgiveness and love and compassion. How many of us would have acted like that? How many of us would have had that first reaction, how can I help you? 
when the you had taken everything away from her. That is what the kingdom of heaven will be like. Another story, this time from the New Testament, is one of my favorite. It's about a little boy whose mother packed him a lunch. I'd like to think that I would have been that mother who would have sent her child with food. You know me, you know there's snacks around me all the time. You have no idea how many adults come looking for me upstairs looking for snacks on a Sunday morning. I'd like to think that my children would have been the kind of children who would have been willing to share their lunch. This is one of those stories that shows up in every one of the Gospels. And I can't help but think that God really, really wanted us to pay attention to it because he put it in there four times. But in John 6, 8 through 11, it just it encapsulates that story a little bit. It says, one of the disciples, it was Andrew, brother to Simon Peter, said, there's a little boy here. He has five barley loaves and two fish. But that's a drop in the bucket for a crowd like this. I think Andrew was probably the Royal Ranger commander in the crowd. He saw a need. He was nearby, one of the boys, and he filled that need. There had to have been other people there with food. There could not have been 5,000 men plus women and children who all forgot to bring a snack. Even the disciples, think about it. Would the disciples have shown up? They know how long Jesus could preach. They knew what a day with Jesus out on the countryside was going to be like. Are you telling me that the disciples hadn't brought something? And yet the disciples wanted to send them off into the countryside to go get some food. But this little boy who had this little lunch that his mother had remembered to pack, he exemplified what Jesus talked about as what adults would need to get into the kingdom of God. Generosity and love and compassion. He gave it right away. I even wonder how in that crowd of people, Andrew even found him. So those kids, they, they weren't even counted. They, they was, it's not even part of that count of how many people God fed that day. I wonder how Andrew even found him. Or if he just realized there was a need and the Lord prompted him in his spirit. The Bible doesn't tell us that. But he was willing to give it up. He didn't know. For all he knew, Jesus was the great rabbi, the teacher. Maybe Jesus was going to eat his lunch because he was hungry. He didn't know what was going to happen to that. But he gave it willingly. And God took that willingness and that generosity and fed them all and then some. He said there were baskets and baskets left over. He probably brought food home to his mother who had packed him that lunch. What can we learn from this story? What can we learn from that little girl? And one of the things that I learned as I was putting this together and thinking about these stories that I have heard my whole life and I have taught my whole life is that God can give even the most insignificant of us the opportunity to change the world if we are just willing. That little girl was a slave girl with no name and no home and no family and no hope of ever seeing them again. And that did not stop her. That little boy, no name, no background, no hope of ever actually eating his own lunch that day, and gave it willingly. 
how many of us would have acted like him? How many of us would have made sure that the snack we brought for ourselves stayed safely in our bag so we could eat it later while we were hungry? But that little boy acted like the kingdom of heaven was supposed to be like. These children were loving and forgiving and generous. It is limitless what God can do through people like that and what he can do through us. Most of all, they were available. They were there. They were willing. They didn't have a special skill set. They were just available. So what about you today? And children, this is for you too. This is mostly for you. What do you have that someone else needs? Does someone else need your compassion today? Does someone else need your forgiveness? Are you holding back forgiveness that could change their life and yours? Are you holding back your generosity? And, and I don't mean in a tithe check. Those are important. But a tithe check wouldn't have fed all of those people that day. His lunch did. Your availability to be a friend, to be an ear, to be a set of hands. This church has always been so good at that. And children, you need to grow up with that legacy and to do the same thing, to be available when God calls on you. You have some things that are important in your life. This Bible, this Bible looks like a wreck. Um, this Bible I got when I was graduated from high school. And the reason I have exactly this Bible cover doesn't even stay on anymore, is because it was just exactly the Bible that Greg Wheaton had, and he was my youth pastor at the time. Greg had that Bible, so I wanted that Bible. And so my parents got me that for a high school graduation gift, and that was many, many years ago in a land far, far away. But this Bible has years' worth of notes and highlights and dates and things in it, and this was my legacy from him, this was a, a job well done on his part into my life and into the lives of many of my friends at the time. And I hope, I looked at those beautiful pictures, and, and they were beautiful pictures and, and many wonderful memories. And I hope that that is something that I have passed on to some of the kids, that they will remember how to do something from me when it is done but you should all have that person in your life that you can look at and who has spoken into your life and that you have learned those things from and you should be replicating that there's one thing that I I wanted to thank um, Dito and Mary and Gigi and Gabby especially for um, Dito was my partner for many years in Crash Kids as my superhero and it was through the Ocampo family and through words that Dito repeated to me from his children as to God calling me from, from working with children to being a children's pastor. And you need to listen for those words in your life as well when someone uses you to speak those words. So wherever you are, how do you move 
from this place of wanting to do more for the kingdom of God. There's no one sitting here who doesn't want to do more for the kingdom of God. Who doesn't want to be like that child? And that is the power of the Holy Spirit in you. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. And that day last weekend, at the close of our stars retreat, I read those verses from the book of Acts to the girls about being filled with the Holy Spirit and the power that comes from that. And this isn't the time or the place for a full-blown sermon on that. But I want to encourage you like I encourage the girls that if you do not feel like you have, you are walking in that power that the Holy Spirit wants to give you. Jesus had to leave for the disciples. You know they didn't want him to leave. They didn't understand. Jesus said, I have to go. And that power is there for you. That power to give you bravery and boldness. For some of you, it will be it will be speaking in tongues and having interpretations in here, and some of it, it will just be in your prayer life and your ability to reach out more to the people around you. But just the same way that I prayed for and I encouraged the girls to seek that in, your, in their own lives, I want to encourage you to do the same thing because that's how you can fulfill those parts and be more like the children for the kingdom of God. So the verse that I always read for the children I'm going to end with today. And if you would stand with me. I love the beginning of Jeremiah 29, 11 in the King James Version because it says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. It's not just plans. It goes from the word plans to thoughts. But to read that verse... And then to have the privilege to close and pray over you, if I could. But in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans that I have for you. I know the thoughts that I think about you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you future and a hope. And that goes from the littlest one in the room to the biggest one in the room. From the youngest to the oldest. If you are still here, God still has a plan for you. Can I hear an amen? Amen. He does, for sure. If you would close your eyes and go before the Lord. We thank you, God, for this opportunity today to celebrate what should be celebrated. I thank you that you create these times in our lives that we can have these moments to pause and to celebrate, and to recognize. And then the hard work starts all over again for the next event. In First Chronicles 4.10, it says, Now Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldst bless me indeed, and enlarge my border, and that thy hand might be with me, and that thou wouldst keep me from harm, and that it may not pain me. And God granted him what he requested. God, I pray for that for the church at Glad Tidings, for the boys and girls at Glad Tidings, God, that you would enlarge their borders, that you would especially enlarge the borders and bless those of the children and those who work for them and work with them and work on behalf of them, that you would bless them, that you would keep them, that you would make your face to shine on them. We thank you for this privilege. Thank you for this church who has made children an important part 
of the fabric of their life for so many years. And I pray that they will do that for many years to come. We thank you for this and these beautiful people. In Jesus' name, amen.